Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mine, and I think we might have turkeys between our ears this morning, Lyle. <laughs> Yesterday we celebrated Thanksgiving with your American wife, putting on a massive feast, and we've had so much food, we're, we're struggling. <laughs> yes, we are. When I say turkey, by the way, I mean veggie turkey. <laughs> Vegetarian turkey. No turkey was harmed in the making of this broadcast. <laughs> but there was a lot of um, polenta that was hurt. Yeah, I that's right. rightly. <laughs> some nut meat. Some, yeah, yeah. A lot of that that went um, very badly for a certain blender and a certain nut meat somewhere in the world. Oh, dear. Although by the time our listeners are hearing this, they're probably like thinking, why are they talking about Thanksgiving? That was, you know. We had a phone call today from mm. a delayed broadcast. Someone was listening to a delayed broadcast. That was like a week ago. That was a week and a day mm. old. That's right. So if you're listening to the show today and it is not uh, November the 26th, a Monday, it's because you're listening to delayed broadcast. And now you probably know how much of a delayed broadcast it is because if it's not the 26th, you're thinking that was five days ago. Uh, it might be worth your while to jump across to the live show. You can do that by downloading the TuneIn app. You get that one for free and search for Faith FM Australia or just head to our website and press play uh, on this live stream. It's faithfm.com.au, of course. Absolutely. And coming up in today's show, we're going to talk about... I've got a whole list of stories to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa gets fired. Santa got fired. Yeah. Don't need him no more. Um, Bunch of people got arrested in Pakistan. Bunch of people got arrested. I I did a little rant about Thanksgiving and the true meaning of Thanksgiving. We have an interview where we talk about... Oh, yes. Halloween. Yes, indeed. And other things. And other things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I thought Halloween was the... Oh, very a very interesting part of it. How, how, to, how to respond there. Mm-hmm. We have a Bible study. Yes. We have two passages of the Bible. We talk about Lazarus. And a really big Q of the D. Biggest Q of the D that we've had for a while. Uh-huh. Okay, here's a, here's a teaser. Why does God punish an innocent people for what their parents did four generations later? And when he says teaser, he means that's the entire thing. <laughs> No, that's not the that's not the I'm entire that's the entire question. question. That's the whole thing. That's not that the answer. It. Yeah, of course, of the course. Question that's is the how whole do you question. Answer though. that subject. Mm-hmm. A very interesting topic. I've actually heard quite a few people talk about that, and um, yeah, I feel like we could have talked a lot longer on it. <laughs> we we, we, we could. probably should have just uh, done a whole Bible study on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe next time. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, stay tuned. We have a great show coming to you today. Of course, we have the Bible quiz, so you can test your brains over breakfast, and uh, we have a giveaway at the end of the show too. What so, number yeah. am I? Mm. Anyway, stay tuned. All coming up now. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for 
Guys, that was Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes here on Faith FM. And as the week starts off, Mon, what's our first quiz clue for the week? Yes, we have a brand new fresh breakfast Bible quiz to get your brains functioning this Monday morning. I want to say this is a fairly easy, moderately easy kind of a quiz. Okay. It, it is a... Uh, it is a um, what are you going to give it, like a 5 out of 10 as far as hardness goes? Or let me say, I want so to say 10 being like, hard, zero being. Do you know easy. what? I'm not going to give any number grade because of the nature of the quiz. Okay. Okay. Because right. it is a what number am I going to And I want to say the hardness yeah, is maybe about. A hint there. Maybe this yeah. is a number that is under 10. I would say the hardness is about the answer, to be honest. That's why I didn't want to tell you what, what, what how hard I think it's going to be. That's a big clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but let me give you the first clue, right? Mm. So, because Saul put the Gibeonites to death, there was a famine in Israel this number of years. Mm. Do you know the answer, Lyle? No. 
Nah, give us a call if you know the answer. I might have a crack. He's going to have a crack at it. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number if you want to have a crack at it. And Lyle is correct. He's written down the right answer in front of me. Give me a call if you would like to win the prize this morning. 1-800-324-843 is our number. And if you get that right, of course, we're going to send you a prize. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Mon, positively different news this morning. How can you not be full of positivity after Thanksgiving? I am full of food and positivity. So, it's it's (laughs) double positive. (laughs) What was your favorite dish, by the way? Oh, oh, let me think. Oh, that's so hard. It's really hard, isn't it? There was so much, so much food. It was so good. All of it was amazing. Um,. I, I think I'm still going to go with apple pie. I just, oh, really? I just, really? I just, I just like apple pie. I really like the mashed potatoes and the gravies. And really, yeah, it's like the most. Basic no, those were the just... best mashed potatoes I've ever eaten. Mrs. Parra made them. Becky Parra. Kudos to her. I forgot to get the recipe off. I want to hunt her down and get that recipe from her. Better be quick. She leaves the country on Tuesday. Yeah, best best tomorrow. mash I've ever had. Anyway, speaking of Thanksgiving, I wasn't right? expecting that. Mashed potato. Yeah, out of all of the exotic foods, you went for mashed potato and I went for apple pie. What, did you, what, did does you, that, what does that say about us as human beings? Did you notice how when everyone, like, you know, because you have the big Thanksgiving pig out, the big feast, right? Yes. And then afterwards you start, like, you know, hanging out, socializing, having a dip in the pool, playing some games, this kind Big of a thing. And then after a few hours, people start going back and having, like, little seconds, little helpings, you know. Everyone was going back for pie. I was going back for mash. <laughs> I was like, I'll have some more of this mash and cranberry sauce, I will. Oh, the gluten steaks. That was the thing I really liked. Ooh, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting some of those out of your fridge tonight. Sevy steaks. If you don't know what a Sevy steak is, then give us a call here on 1-800-324-843 and we will send you a recipe. Now, while I was sitting on the couch nursing my very full belly yesterday, Lyle, I was overhearing a, a, a conversation in the kitchen um, and that was saying that Thanksgiving is such a wonderful holiday. It is such a it's such a good holiday, you yes, know. Yes, it's a celebration um, of positivity. And how, you know, Christmas has become so uh, so consumeristic, so materialistic, and Thanksgiving seems to have avoided that, except for the fact that the day after Thanksgiving, they now have this thing called Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's like even more shopping crazed than Christmas is. Like, you've, I'm sure we've all heard these horrific stories coming out of the States primarily about these hordes of shoppers that line up outside, you know, Target and Kmart and all those kind of places. And then when the doors open, like, they just trample they, over security guards. People have died. They get into massive arguments because they all want a flat screen TV. It's just nonsense. It's just, it's so sad to come off the back of something so sweet and beautiful. Not so much this year. And sink into that. Well. Because they all went online. Well, that's the yeah, Cyber Monday, but it's still like just consumerism craze, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, and I can just imagine people losing their tempers because they've missed yeah. out on something online. And I, I have actually experienced Black Friday sales. Uh, I lived in the states for a year, a number of years ago, and um, and I decided, you know what, I want to go to Black Friday sales just to experience what it's like. And I actually went to the Target. This sounds so morbid. <laughs> Morbid tourism. <laughs> I went to the target to, where the you wanted year. to watch people being trampled <laughs> to death. I went to the target where the year previously someone had actually died oh, in the stampede. That is yeah, um, and uh, and just it, in, I was with my friend and we at were a target. At a Target. We were in the car park and we were watching people coming out of Target with these shopping trolleys with five flat screen TVs. And we're like, what are you going to do with five flat screen TVs? Like, just slow your row. What's that all about? Is this for like you and everyone on your block or are you going to have like one TV in each room? Like, it's just, it just, it kind of makes you really sad. 
And uh, I didn't buy anything at Target. Uh, we went next door to a shop called Old Navy, which is an American clothing store. And like, because we had, we, imagine, right? Imagine this, Lyle. You've had your big Thanksgiving meal. You've played all day like we did yesterday. You've been eating leftovers for a while. And then you go to bed, right? And how tired were you yesterday? You're pretty tired because we got to bed like at like you know, 10, 30, 11. Yeah. Which for a breakfast show host is very late. Yeah. And then at like one or two o'clock in the morning, you get back up out of bed because you have to go join the queue. Right, so you go join this enormous clue. So your brain queue is just because mush. the shops will open at like two or three in the morning now. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you've been eating, you've been partying, you have had almost no sleep. Like it's no wonder people lose their temper because these shops. I think this is disgraceful. I think it's disgraceful that they even open the stores at two in the morning. Like, do you know what? Just be sensible. Open them at nine a.m. In fact, do everyone a favor. Open them at like ten or eleven so people can have a sleep in after Thanksgiving. Anyway. But so we got up out of bed at stupid o'clock in the morning, went down to Target. And by the time you've gone to all that effort, you feel like, do you know what? If I don't buy something, I'm going to be very annoyed with myself that I went to all this effort. And so we were in Old Navy and I found this blue skirt, which I still have today. And it was like four bucks, very, very cheap. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I'm going to buy this to sort of, you know, make this whole kerfuffle worthwhile. And my friend and I looked at the queue. There was checkout counters at the front of the store. The queue went all the way to the back of the store, across the back wall, and all the way back to the front door in an enormous shop. And we did a bit of math. We were, like, you know, looking at how quickly it, it takes to get the customers through the checkout. And then how many people were in the queue and realized that queue would take three hours. And we're like, do you know what? Forget that. <laughs> And so we went up to the checkout counter and we said to Lady, can we put this on hold and come back when we wake up, you know, at like, you know, midday? And she was like, you have to fill in this form to stick it on hold. And I was like, is it going to be just as quick to buy it instead of sticking it on hold? And she's like, okay. And she got very serious. She's like, okay, but we're going to have to do it very sneakily because if people see that you're buying this and you didn't wait in the line, someone will probably pull out a gun and shoot you. And so we had to stand there and pretend we were filling in forms while she rung up our purchase. That's how crazy it is. You've got yeah, to be almost got shot. <laughs> but let me share with you some good news now that I've scared you all with Black Friday tales. Yes. Like, okay, maybe there's some aspects of Thanksgiving we don't need to bring to Australia. Yeah. Okay, so get this right. There are a couple of shops around the world that, that trialed it last year for the first time, was hugely successful. So they're now popping up shops all over the world. They're, they're these special pop-up shops. They happen on Black Friday and customers line up around the block um, to go into these stores, wait for them, waiting for them to open and then, you know, to have their turn. Um, and they're not regular shops. Get this. They're shops where you can go in and you can buy gifts for refugees. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So you, it's it's so cool. Um, they're called Choose Love. And it's a shop and it's stocked with really important items and resources that customers can buy for refugees in need. Um, the store, as the store puts it, customers can shop your heart out, leave with nothing and feel the love. So it's got stuff like emergency blankets, tents, warm clothing, hygienic supplies, educational materials, even keys to a home. Depending on how much cash you want to drop. Yeah. So all the items purchased at the Choose Love stores are distributed across Europe and the Middle East at the moment. And uh, it's it's the the non-profit behind the initiative is called Help Refugees. And, uh, and they've raised about just under a million dollars. That's very positive. Yeah. Yeah, considering like at the moment they only have a handful of locations. Like it's just, it's so cool. And these are all holiday gifts for refugees. But, you know, having a house, a tent, even that to live in, that's, you can't really say that's like a, that's a, a want. Like it's a need. Mm-hmm. It's a genuine need. Um, so you can now uh, even purchase sleeping bags and supplies for homeless groups as well. So they have like a different, uh, a different category as well, not just refugees, but also homeless people in your own city. 
And I think this is just the best thing ever. Like they say, we really just wanted to show there was another way to look at consumerism and another way to look at Black Friday. Because Black Friday does cop a lot of hate. And I think that's quite justifiable. Oh, absolutely. But this is a really beautiful Particularly when you've had such a good day, you know, Thanksgiving is such a good day. And then you just smash it. It's a massive down of the day after. Yeah. I'm so thankful for everything I have, but I'm going to go spend a whole bunch of money. Like I don't really have to, you know, buy junk I don't need. And this is a really great, great way to to come off Thanksgiving. You've sat there with with your wife wonderful friends your family you've stuffed your face with good food you've had to ponder about what you're grateful for a, a wonderful to segue up, to follow that up with just abject unashamed yeah. greed yeah is just sickening but i this, mean i've been in, i've been in america for thanksgiving many times mm-hmm. and yeah i just never you know black friday doesn't even into my head, just didn't even go there. But I think this shop is onto something. They yep. should definitely capitalise on the fact that people are looking at their own blessings and feeling blessed and that they should want to turn around and bless others. Absolutely. This is the kind of Black Friday shopping that everybody should be doing, helping other people out. We're going to listen to Crossway. Of devastation Left so confused That it paralyzed my prayers An unexpected pain Tore my heart into pieces And just left my faith Hanging there But I rose up from the ashes of my despair And with your strength I stood and I declared That if you took it all away Every gift you ever gave The sun that shines in my days The stars that you display Precious thing that I held was stripped out of my hands. I was standing, praise your holy name. If you took it all away, God, I must believe that you are with me. Have a purpose and a plan. And when you have proved and you have tried me, I will shine like gold in your hands. And I'll rise up from the ashes of my despair. Lord, with your strength, I'll stand and I'll declare That if you took it all away Every gift you ever gave The sun that shines in my days The stars that you display And if you never bless again If you gave another try 
back, guys. That was Crossway with Took It All Away here on Faith FM. Let's have another quiz for our clues, seeing as nobody's Another quiz for our clue, huh? Another <laughs> clue for our quiz, seeing as no one. I haven't said that for a long time. <laughs> I feel like you say it every day. <laughs> okay, yes. Let me give you the second clue for our what number am I quiz. After being separated from Jesus, it took Mary and Joseph this many days before they found him in the temple courts. Give us a call if you know that answer. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Give us a call and there's a prize coming your way. That's not a hard, a hard one. That we should all know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, I just found a, uh, a, 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 a very fascinating story here Ooh, go that on. I did kind of uh, mention a minute ago, but we won't um, talk about that. But anyway. Um, what? Why would you do that? <clears throat> Why would you go on radio and be like, I just read a really cool story, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, you missed what I was talking about. But what, go on, go cla- on. I shall clarify later. Mm-hmm, okay. okay, so in uh, West Island in the Gulf of Carpentaria, they are down to their last cat. Wow. And it's interesting because they started um, um, an eradication process in 2011 using 1080 baits. A lot of the cats wised up to the poison, of course, and then you're down to um, you know tracking and, and uh, capturing and... Um, um, tra- trapping and, and, and shooting and these kind of things. They've got one indigenous tracker there who is such a good tracker that she tracks feral cats from off of a quad bike. Are you serious? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you see the <laughs> tracks of a cat and follow it on a quad bike? I mean, I would be down on my hands and knees. Yeah, trying to figure it trying out. To, trying to even see the slightest mark on the ground. So this is just incredible skills. But they've got a brand new trap up there, which is super cool. Has facial recognition technology. Wait, what? Yes, when a cat walks past, cop this, when a cat walks past, it recognises as a cat and not as a wallaby or, you know, some other native species. Uh-huh. It's like, yes, that's a cat. It sprays poison on the cat. Cat then goes away, licks itself, and uh, end of cat. Wow. Yeah, so great, a great new tool. That is incredible uh, technology. For getting rid of uh, feral cats here in Australia, which, of course, are wreaking, wreaking havoc on our native wildlife. Oh, I thought you said this was an island. It is an island. Oh, it's but we can use the technology. I thought you meant it's in opinion. the country of Ireland. No, on an <laughs> island. In, oh, that's great. In the Northern Territory. That's, that's really good. Look, and like, I think we've copped a little bit of flack, actually, from people saying that we're cat haters and we shouldn't be so horrible. I love animals. I love cats. But we have, to do, we have a responsibility to recognize that cats are a disaster to the Australian ecosystem. Yeah. And uh, they're not native, and we should be more responsible about it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, so. that was a sidetrack. I just saw that. That's impressive. That just popped up, and I was just like, facial recognition. I'm just going to talk about that one. It's just a that's cool story. That's great. I like that. Okay, so a little while ago, we talked about um, Asia Bibi, who was released from uh, the death penalty in Pakistan, mm-hmm. uh, where she had uh, been on death row for, what was it, seven or 12 years, I think? For It was um, a long time. For blasphemy. Yeah. She'd said something against, uh, she had supposedly said something against Islam. And was therefore um, on death row for blasphemy, and she was released, found 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 innocent by three judges. Um, number of people have been who have tried to defend her in the past, of course, have been assassinated, um, high government officials, and so forth. And of course, when it, when the release was announced, uh, the country was brought to a standstill by riots and protesters. And of course, this was a small minority of people. Well. You know, 5% of the population is still a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, you know, businesses were sacked, cars were burned, roads were blocked, and these were all attacks on Islamic people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there was just an excuse for bad behaviour and rioting really is what it came down to. Are they still have the roads closed at the moment? No. 
Um, the political party that was actually um, pushing this and pushing for um, the, the the riots and the protesters is called Tariq E. Labiak Party, headed up uh, by Kadim Hussain Rizvi, um, who was captured and imprisoned. It always worries me a little bit when a, a, a leader of a political party gets imprisoned, but um, this was the guy who was inciting all of this. And, um, you know, and, and this was the guy who was saying that, you know, he wanted to kill anyone who speaks anything against even the blasphemy law. So you, not just blasphemy, but if you speak against the blasphemy law, uh, yeah, he no, believed he's that they should go. be killed. And uh, more than 300 people, 300 of his followers and rioters have been arrested so far. So Pakistan is... is stepping up to the plate. Yeah, stepping up to the Praise plate. Praise the Lord. And they are clamping down on this and probably a lot more can be done. Mm-hmm. It is very, very difficult and challenging for law enforcement to... You know, to prosecute large numbers of people during riots because you've just got so much information that you've just got to try and wade your way through. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are stepping up to the plate and doing something about it, and that's good to see um, in, in, in a country where, which has a... Uh, yeah, for the government to do those two things, one, to declare her innocent, and two, to imprison those psychopaths, I think that's just a wonderful step forward for that country. Okay, and Santa has just been fired. No! Yes, Santa's been fired uh, in New Zealand. So New Zealand's biggest Christmas parade, uh, Santa has been fired. Uh, Neville Baker, who's been doing it for the last four years. And the reason that he was fired was Let me guess. He ate all the cookies. Didn't save any for the elves. No, he didn't eat all of the cookies. He drank all the milk? Nope. He got slack with the present. I don't know. He lost weight and now he's too skinny to be Santa. Is that it? Somebody asked him whether, uh, whether one day he would cast a woman as Santa. Oh, goodness, here we go. <laughs> go on. <laughs> and he said no because he wanted the experience to be authentic, as authentic as possible uh-huh, for uh-huh. children. Um, and he believed that it would be confusing to children for Santa to have uh, a, a long white beard as well as boobs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so the Children's uh, Christmas Parade Trust um, director, Michael Barnett, said that the comments didn't suit the values of a children's event. That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> this is the insane world in which we live. That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm no great fan of Santa. I think they should get rid of Santa as well. Yeah. Ditch Santa and have Jesus. Amen. He's so much Amen. better than Santa. You know, let's, let's get rid of Santa and bring Jesus back into Christmas. But seriously, That's I ridiculous. mean, come on. I mean, especially that the Children's Trust said that. I feel like the Ch- Children's Trust should be the one campaigning the other side of that story. That's just ridiculous. They should be the one saying, no, Santa's a dude. The comments didn't suit the values of a children's event. He said it would be confusing for children for Santa to have a big white, white flowing beard and uh, boots. So what are they trying to say? That they want kids to be confused? Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like... It, it's just beyond my imagination. I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words on this one, Mon. I am lost they, for words. If they want kids to believe that Santa is real, then changing Santa's gender partway through the story is is not going to really do them themselves any favours, right? If, they, if they're selling Santa as a concept, then sure, fine. But oh, it's just it's so petty and ridiculous. Yeah, and the guy gets fired over it. Just like, bang, done, you're over. Come to Australia, Santa. We'll we'll employ you here. Yeah, um, for like a week until our laws change as well. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Or our government change, or our prime minister changes. Yeah, (laughs) they're all set to happen at any time. Come over here and have a crack at being PM for a week. Um, So what else is happening in the news? Uh, 6.3 earthquake. 
Oh, no. Hitting Iran. And we've been talking about uh, the uh, rise of earthquakes all year, really. It is, um, there's been a number of earthquakes that have gone unreported over the last month. I feel like we've had a new one every week to talk about that. Yeah, we had yeah. we had the 1990s worth of earthquakes in two months mm. this year, mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the year. And uh, so that's, that's, that's out there. And Taiwan, very secular country. Yeah. 5% religious, mm-hmm. just voted against same-sex marriage. Oh, really? And it's interesting to see the reasons why, because they wanted to, the, the oppos- there was opposition to uh, child custody rights for same-sex couples because they uh, argued that it was um, in the child's favour to, in, in, in the best environment was for a child to be raised by both of its biological parents and that by uh, creating a same-sex um, marriage, it would be giving... Um, child custody rights to a situation where that was impossible. That's very interesting. It's very interesting that they're so um, secular and non-religious <coughs> and, that, and yet they take that stance. And a progressive country. Yeah, that's right. You know, a secular, uh, non-religious and progressive country. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was um, something that was, uh, yeah, very significant indeed. And, of course, I'm just full of news this morning, aren't I? Just keeps yeah, one story on. after another after another. I'll just Keep see, see how many of these I can hit. So uh, the EU has now endorsed the Brexit deal. We spoke about this a week or so ago where Brexit, where, uh, where Britain actually made their Brexit deal and that was now then contingent on the EU endorsing that deal. And so that means that the divorce will go ahead in uh, March next year with wow. a deal. Wow. Uh, which is just once again a fulfilment of the prophecy of Daniel 2 where the Bible says in the plainest possible language that the old Roman Empire and the nations that comprise it would never, ever be united together again, even though they would never, ever stop trying to be reunited together again. And they've never stopped. And that prophecy in two and a half thousand years, not one sentence of it has failed. I'd like to challenge anyone to try telling me history of the world two and a half thousand years into the future. I do wonder what they're going to try next, though. What are they going to try next to unite everything? No more EU. What's happening next? The signs of the times are everywhere The spoken word of Jesus fills the air Wars and rumors on them almost night and day Do not be dismayed He's coming back someday Allow little children, Jesus said, come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven But their little lives are taken Fearing not the Holy One But hear me when I say Judgment's on the way He'll ride on a cloud To take his bride away Triumphantly the church Will see Jesus any day the things as we know them will soon pass away, will soon pass away. 
Sin abounds in the lives of many hearts are growing cold And people are falling away No one seems to care about the condition of the soul Hear me when I say He's coming back someday Forbes family with Revelation 19 here on Faith FM and we have another clue for our quiz before we go to our interview of the day. Yes, clue number three. What number am I? The law requires all men to appear before the Lord this many times a year. Mm, if you think you know the answer, you can give us a text 0491 We'll send you the prize if you can tell me what number that is. Okay, so one of the supporters of our program here on Faith FM and something that we advertise on a semi-regular basis is the Australian Table Talk, Oz Table Talk. And the one and only Luke Ferrugia is joining us from Oz Table Talk. We've had him on the show before, but uh, Luke, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Good morning, guys. So it's great to have you on the show again. Now, Oz Table Talk, just give us a, uh, a quick reminder of what you guys are all about. Okay, so basically we encourage millennials to discuss their faith, have meaningful conversations. And the hope is by doing that, then we get to all grow in our faith and our experience. Fantastic. So you've got a group of what is there, four, five of you guys get together, yep. sit around and uh, discuss the Bible subjects, yeah, faith-based subjects together. Absolutely. Yep. There's, there's five of us, and we, so we release a podcast episode every week on Tuesday afternoons at three at three thirty p.m. And yeah, we discuss yeah our, our faith, Bible-based topics, uh, how church and culture relate to each other, and all of those kind of things. Okay. So Mon and I just went to we we just celebrated um, we celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday. But apparently, which is an American uh, festival, of course, although we found out yesterday it's a Canadian one as well. Um, and so we're thinking, well, if the Canadians can have it, we should have it here as well. We do import a lot of uh, American sort of stuff here to Australia, and one of them is Halloween. I understand you guys have done a podcast on Halloween. Is that right? Yeah, we did. We did. We've just been noticing over the last several years, as you said, it's somewhat of an import here in Australia, but it seems to be gathering traction. People seem, More and more people seem to be celebrating as it moves forward, so we thought it was a good topic to discuss. Okay, so Halloween's a bit of a controversial one. You know, I've stated here on uh, Faith FM that we should have Thanksgiving. If we, if we want to import a festival from America, we should po- import the positive one rather than the negative one. But, Absolutely. Um, we uh, um, what what actually we, we we say you know that Halloween's controversial. We say that it's um, you know it's got 
um, you know, and negative connotations. Where, what, is, what actually is the origin of it? What did you guys discuss? So we looked at a little bit at the origin of it, as you mentioned, but uh, basically uh, it was the Day of the Dead where the, the pagans believed that the uh, the line essentially between the living and the dead w- was uh, at its most blurry at that point, and they, and they would have this this festival, and it was over time it was it was Christianized or attempted to be Christianized by the medieval church, and they were trying to uh, sell it as All Saints Day, which was the following day, and uh, but. Obviously, as we can see by what Halloween is today, they weren't overly successful in in making that transition. Yes, I still seem to see lots of uh, ghosts and so forth walking up and down the street on Halloween Day, um, rather rather than saints. But um, But, you see the thing... I was going to say the the thing is that uh, has happened, which we can see, is the fact that it's really become a commercial holiday. Even the people that celebrate it generally aren't doing it to keep the spirits away. They're doing it because they're you know dressing up and having chocolate and lollies and and all the rest of it. It's really become a very secular, commercialized kind of thing over time. I feel our retail businesses here in Australia probably have a little bit to blame because, you know, you go into mm. Woolies now and you'll see, like, the, the huge pumpkins they've imported from America. There's always money to be made, and they've, I think they've figured out that they can make money out of every different um, holiday theme. I mean, consumerism in America is incredible. Um, when I was there for that year, I noticed that they would just – the shops would just live in, for holidays. Like, you know, you have your New Year's stuff, and then you have your, your Valentine's stuff, and then you have your St. Patrick's Day stuff. And there was never a time you could just walk to the shop and it wasn't like some sort of a theme or holiday or something you needed to buy that was seasonal. And I feel like uh, I feel like there might be a push in the background from businesses in Australia finding more, you know, reasons to sell junk. So Yeah. So Halloween probably coming here more from the standpoint of commercial enterprise yeah, rather absolutely. than... This year was the first year I had trick-or-treaters come to my door, actually, interestingly enough. Oh, Never yeah. had them before. All right, so what approach, on, on your podcast, what approach did you recommend that we take towards this pagan festival? Mm. So when we were looking at it, uh, it was very clear from all of our perspectives that there's not much about Halloween that a Christian could get behind. And so the question then becomes, how do we relate to Halloween? Because obviously, just like you were saying, Mon, you know, so someone came to your door, you know, that's starting to happen more and more in our culture. And so we need to ask ourselves, how do we handle that as mm, Christians? Absolutely. And it was, uh, I just related a, a short experience for, for me. The first time that happened, I think for me, was la- last year. And my immediate response was, well, I don't want to have to answer the door because if I do that, then I have to kind of interact with them and, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. That was my first response. But then I started to think about it. I thought, how would Jesus respond in, in this time? Like, would he would he hide and make it look like he wasn't home or would he speak to the people or what? And I was convicted at that point anyway that it's probably the best and the most representative of Christianity to greet the children, and even though I'm not necessarily participating in it, if I'm a friendly neighbor, the my concept was that would give me more opportunities to build bridges to their families and to interact with them more. And so that was what I chose to do. I didn't have any... Um, you know, sweets or candy prepared or anything like that. And so I just, I said, hey, look, I've, it was a hot day. And so I said, I've got some ice blocks in the freezer. Are you interested? And they said, yeah, sure. But I was doing that because I know the people that live around and I don't want to be perceived by them as the, the, as the grouchy person that is shunning their children. You know what I mean? <laughs> So okay. that was sort of the concept to build wall, sorry, build bridges instead of walls. So was that, was that uh, just, 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 just let me go back to that. Was that this year's Halloween or last year's Halloween? Last year's Halloween. So this year's Halloween, what did you do? 
this year's Halloween, um, we actually didn't get any, any door knockers, so I didn't have any anything for context there. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. This this year we talked about Halloween on air, um, Lyle, and you actually told this really great story about you know a guy who had decided he was going to prepare really nice gifts for the kids um, instead of alienating them, and he prepared really nice godly gifts, and they had like a little, um, you know, little. Uh, I think it was like some sort of track that was in there. He gave him a whole show yep. bag. Yeah, a whole show bag full of yep. like quality stuff, not junk, so they would remember his house is the best, and it had like mm-hmm. a little booklet or something in there as well, you know, just telling kids about Jesus. And I went home really inspired. And I talked to my housemates about it and we were like oh that's such a good idea unfortunately by that yeah. time it was literally the night of Halloween and we were all so broke we couldn't afford to go out and like you <laughs> yeah. know maybe with a year's notice and, and because you know we're all young and broke it was like oh maybe maybe next time we'll actually prepare something better something quality for the kids and I really liked that idea I liked how you said you know you need to engage and you know actually answer the door mm-hmm. and be that friendly mm-hmm. neighbourhood person yeah he recognised that um, you know he does door knocking during the year and this was the only time of the year that his neighbours came and door knocked in that's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And w- one thing that did come out in our discussion that uh, as a possibility, you know, if we want to go on the front foot and make the most use of it, um, everyone that's door knocking on Halloween is taking something from the doors that they knock on. If you were to have something positive that you could give people, you could go door knocking as well, but with the opportunity to give and just make it an impact on other families oh, as yeah. well, something else that you could make use of the day for. You know what? I would like to see Christians and particularly Seventh-day Adventist Christians as well, to to just own Halloween before Halloween gets so big that let's it can't be... It. Yeah, hijack it yeah. before, take it, take before it, it gets so big in Australia that we can't hijack it. Let's just, let's Ab- just absolutely Ab- flood that thing. Christians out there on the doors, like you just said, giving stuff instead of taking stuff, giving great stuff to kids when they come around, put a little sign out the front of their door saying, come knock on my door. And just yeah. just be at the forefront of that of that of that battle. Okay, I want to move on um, and talk about your interview with Justin. Uh, how do I pronounce his last name? Ko? Ku. Ku. Justin Ku. Yes. Who is Justin Ku, and why were you interviewing him? Okay, so Justin has a YouTube channel, and he has over seventy thousand subscribers. He's reached over two million people with his content, and uh, he is—he's uh, a Christian guy. He's an Adventist guy, and he is producing content that is based around faith. So, simple like faith one hundred and one things: how to pray, how to study the Bible, um, how to um, find a godly, uh, you know, godly wife or husband, and those sort of questions that have just been things that he's experienced or, or gone through in his life, and. Uh, in in doing that, he's built, like I said, one of the most successful, as far as I know, uh, platforms that are with that are from someone within our church. And uh, so I connected with him in order to discuss primarily how you can disagree with someone but still connect with them. So how to disagree without disconnecting because he seems really good at that. He has a lot of dialogue with people from totally different backgrounds and who hold vastly different viewpoints to him. But somehow he's able to do that in a way that's respectful and uh, and really encouraging. Okay, so, and, and, and this is something that is a challenge for all of us, and particularly those of us who work in media. Um, mm. What are some of the secrets that he was able to share with you? So, uh, as we went through, he gave the example of uh, a church that he attended, and there was a, a gentleman there who was the first person to greet them, who was the first person to sort of really engage with them and become their friend at the church. And he's heavily engaged in, in soul winning, like, you know, he keeps tracked in his car, looking for opportunities to share his faith with others and all the rest of it. And after being friends with him for some months, um, he found out that, that this gentleman was gay. And he was trying to figure out, wait a second, how can you believe what I believe and yet that's the lifestyle that you choose? 
and it, he's saying like I have met people that are uh, that you know make those kind of choices in their life, and that's that's fine that they can make that choice. But he's never met somebody in his own circle of friends that had that experience, and so he said I had to figure out how to show God's love and how to connect and be this person's friend and have meaningful discussions with him about it, but also not burn burn him off. And so the discussion sort of went on about how he then tried to build empathy for people that were different than him. And so the, the key, key ideas was that you need to separate the person from the thing that you disagree with, that it's not them. It is what it may be what they believe or what they do, but you can still love that person as an individual. Yeah, and I think that's and, important. That's it's what every Christian needs to be doing, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's what Jesus did. You know, you can you can love the sinner while hating the sin. If there's something that you disagree with, you can you can separate that from the person. You can love the person, have a relationship with the person. Um, and the other one was to build empathy for them at, at a personal level. Um, you know, in in his case, he did that by spending time with this friend and and just learning who he was as a person and how he saw life. And that that grew into conversations. And his friend actually came on uh, Justin's YouTube channel. You can check that out on his channel. And um, they have like a long discussion about this. So even though Justin, uh, you know, affirms the you know position of the church, his friend also is within the church, but has a different viewpoint and so they sort of really have a great conversation about that okay so um with uh, with with justin's youtube channel what's that uh, what's the channel called uh, the, the channel is called that christian vlogger with a v that christian vlogger there you go that christian vlogger they you want to go and check it out and uh find out for yourself what you think in relationship to mm-hmm. some of these questions now moving on from there you've got um this uh third subject here that you've recently covered about what is the church so I'm just thinking about this and, you know, I've been in lots of churches and some of them are pretty amazing and some of them are pretty small and some of them are just spectacular and I've been in large cathedrals and I've been in, you know, little little church in the prairie kind of churches. Um, what did you guys uh, come up with, with um, what is the church? So the, the church, a lot of people, just like you just said, a lot of people consider it to be the building or the program that happens on, on, a, on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. But the, the fact of the matter is, as far as the Bible is concerned, the church is the building, the church is the people. And so as we sort of uh, explored that, the, the reality is not, a, and not only is it the people, but it's people who are experiencing discipleship together, people who are growing in their faith and their experience and loving and supporting one another. So that's, that's really what the church is there for. But the, the problem is that sort of came out in our discussion is that the, the church is prone to drifting away from that, as in the, the people that are in the church. It, it's, it's work, right? It's a massive blessing to be a part of a church community that's thriving, but it's also a lot of work because you've got to invest yourself in others. You can't be a consumer in a, in a true church environment. You have to be someone who participates. And a, a lot of times we drift away from that and we tend to think of it as being the building or being a, a program. And by doing that, we allow the, the others, the leaders, the pastors, the, you know, the elders, we allow them to do the work because they're the one that's making the church operate. But if we view the church as the body of believers that are all being disciples together, then that puts the responsibility on all of us as individuals to make the church operate. 
Absolutely, and of course, you see this um, this come in so often when people, you know, they just sort of, yeah, I go to church and I, I I've I've done my bit for the week and go to church, you know, to mm. be fed rather than to feed. They they, they go there to uh, you know to soak everything in, but not to actually mm. you know um, engage and be a part of that community and be a blessing to others. And you see them mm. them, them die so so uh, dramatically spiritually. Now um, mm. you also talked about cultural Christians. What was that about? So one of the reasons that, because uh, we were talking about why is that? Why do we as as people just seem to gravitate towards this, um, you know, viewpoint of the church being the building or the program? And that was one of the reasons, because when you're born into the church or or you've been in the church for a long time, you become a Christian by means of, of, of culture, because you talk the same language as the rest of the people, you value the same things, you do the same things, but it doesn't, but you're not necessarily engaged with it in an active way, you're engaged with it in a passive way because it's just, it's the ecosystem that you live in. And when that's the case, it's a lot harder to see the forest for the trees, so to speak, because you're not actually engaging with the mission of the church, you're just existing within that that uh, environment, I guess. And so we need to stop thinking about the church as, as that place we go, but more as, as how we live our lives. Absolutely. Luke, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. And uh, if you want to know more about uh, Luke's podcast, then uh, Oz Table Talk is the name of that podcast. We'll put up the details for you on our social medias. But right now we do need to move on. And this is Darren Percival with In the Sweet By and By. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirits shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessing of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore To our bountiful Father above We will offer our tribute of praise For the glorious gift of His love And the blessings that hollow our day In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore 
we shall meet on that beautiful shore. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>